When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is hour to the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and I almost said David G. David G. not here today, but Travion Birkeland is. So for the first time in a long time, we have three on the show on a Tuesday. Phone number is 537-1350. Want to talk defensive line coming up later in this hour, plus the number one song and ask us anything. I am back from my short hiatus watching Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Alice Cooper killed in concert up in Omaha, Nebraska at Charles Schwab Field, the home of the College World Series and multiple wins for K-State baseball, including a shutout earlier this year against the Creighton Blue Jays. Troy, we have not got to this yet. Um, KU has announced the latest in its renderings to Memorial Stadium, the booth. Oh, what's my money paying for? Uh, Let's see. Well, you are paying for the stadium to look like a wicker basket. (laughs) I'm not joking. The the light poles are quite the touch. Let me add that detail then, yes. So the light poles are interesting, and I I don't necessarily hate it, uh, but yeah, instead of like stadium lighting, what everybody's used to, it's like poles at the top of the stadiums going all the way around, and it's, and it's lights, LED lights. That's where I kind of got the wicker basket because it's like the, the top of the basket's falling apart. Right. And then you have like... Um, Which would be appropriate. You know what's like, I don't know what you would call them, but they're like studs of a house. Like Yes. It's yes. kind of what keeps it all together, and they're sticking up because the top of it, like the top third of it's all chewed up or whatever. It looks like... A, and the outside of it kind of looks like a wicker basket. Well played. Very well played. Question is, is it going to hold good football or not coming up in the near future? I don't know, but uh, I thought the outside doesn't look too bad. Like all the renovations they're going to do to the facilities and whatever, like a theater they're going to add or whatever. Uh, a lot of renderings taking place uh, apparently. At, but this is not the first you know, rendering plan we've seen. I think we've seen like three or four in the last, Right. I want to say, close to a decade. Yeah, they think that that's about right. Yeah. It, they've been all different plans. I, I remember the one that was like, are they ripping off K-State? <laughs> like with, like it looked like a legit ripoff of what K-State was doing with the North End at Bill Snyder Family Stadium of the two uh, big screens in the right. corners and then yep. the way veneer looked like uh, when it comes to the portion facing the field, you know, with all the offices and the balconies and all that stuff. I was like, this looks way too similar. Cut and paste is a wonderful thing. Uh but uh, if you missed the first hour, we had an Iowa State preview with 
Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register, and uh, he gave us a little bit of a, an idea of exactly how messy things are in Ames, Iowa right now with as uh, five starters potentially out for a very long time. We'll see, uh, because allegedly gambling on sports is not just sports, gambling on Iowa State games. So their uh, eligibility can be in great jeopardy. Meanwhile, I, I didn't necessarily like completely disappear from any sports coverage over the weekend while I had my time off getting ready for the football season. But by the way, Manhattan Derby, week one, just saw the preseason rankings in 6A. One and two. It's one versus two. One versus two, you won't find a better high school football game in the state of Kansas coming up week one, September 1st. And right here in Manhattan, Kansas, Manhattan, the defending state champs against the Derby Panthers for the third time in the last six, uh, make that 14 games. Uh, Manhattan has won, of course, the last two. Uh, but I also, I mean, if you're on Instagram and if you follow Dream Dallin, you, you get a story all the time. He, he does a great job of documenting his life on his Instagram story. And it was actually, it was pretty fun seeing the, um, I think there were some players dancing on a bar, and then there's some other players like dancing in a corner, partying in a corner. There was a live DJ uh, playing. I'm blanking on the song, whatever it's called, but it was you know the song they're clapping to. Right, can't remember the title of it, but that was playing. You know, have lunch in the Jewish community, and I think Dream put it this way: like we turned a restaurant into a club and we're having a good time. And I'm like, when I watched it, I was like, you know what? What if I was a recruit watching that? They're halfway around the world, or I don't know how far that is from uh, the United States, but in Israel, having a party. They're there to play basketball, and they played a game earlier today in 194 to 87. Give you some details on that here in just a bit. But they're not having a good time while they're out in a foreign country and still recruiting. I'm like, if I was a recruit, I'm following Dowling, and I'm being recruited by K State. You know, mm-hmm. if I like to go have a good time once in a while. K-State usually shows off that they have a pretty good time once in a while as a team. It's not like a player's Instagram hanging out by themselves or out with different friends, not with their team, and doing their own thing. It's always with the team. It's everybody included, either at a coach's house or a restaurant in Manhattan. They get out and they do stuff together, mostly at a coach's house. Mm -hmm. But man, when you're in a foreign country, you're having a good time. But... Uh, earlier today, the K-State men's basketball team a winner uh, as they took down Israel Select, 94-87. to I only got to watch bits and pieces of the first quarter. Well, the, the broadcast was in Hebrew, so couldn't really follow that. However, uh, just about everybody who has their name up in the rafters of Bramwich Coliseum got a shout-out earlier today, or going to have their name in the rafters, like Jacob Pullen got a shout-out. Nice. I know Rolando Blackman. Got a shout out earlier today. And the Poland drop, like, I thought that made sense because he, he had played, of course, many years in Europe. Um, so I'm sure that name got around. I don't know if he played in Israel, but I'm sure that name got around. So that would be an easy one to throw out there. He's also the greatest cat of all time. Um, but a lot of greats were getting shout outs. Marcus Foster got a whole bunch of shout outs uh, earlier today. Now, I will say that Israel Select also played Arizona very recently, like a day or two ago. And Arizona, I think, put up 124 points against this same team. In case they put up 94, which is a heck of a number. But I tell you what, this Israel team was nailing some incredible shots. <laughs> when I was watching the game, they were taking 
deep threes and hitting them. If they weren't hitting those shots, I mean, K-State's going to probably win this game by 30. But uh, the Cats led by a newcomer. How about this? Arthur Kaluma, who started as the four, 23 points today, scoring from all three levels. He opened the game just crushing a three-pointer. I did see that. Nice. Uh, And then how about second in scoring? Another transfer, Tyler Perry, who's going to be your starting point guard this year. uh, He had 17 points. Cam Carter, who are looking to see uh, much improvement out of this year. He also had 17 points, but not alone in double figures when it comes to his stat. He had his first double-double in a Wildcat uniform, even though, of course, it wasn't an official game. 17 points and 10 rebounds for Cam Carter. He did not have a double-double last year for his first year at K-State. And 17 points would have tied his season high from this past year. And then you have a freshman in R.J. Jones who scored in double figures with 13. Didn't get to see him play a whole lot. Naquan Tomlin had, of course. It wouldn't be a a game without Tomlin in a monstrous dunk. He had one of those. Tomlin finishing with 10 points. And it looks like they are going to – I'm trying to see if when they're going to be back in action. I'm not exactly sure. I'll, I'll try to get that uh, a little bit later on. But I wanted to get to Quest Glover. Let's jump back to him, Troy, because K-State has player number 12, so that means one scholarship remaining. He officially commits our first saw reported by On3. Quest Glover, who played two years at Florida off the bench, and then two years as a starter at Samford. Big addition here. 5'11 guard. Is going to play his last year of eligibility at K-State, a player that, again, off the bench of Florida, showed flashes, but also had some overlap with Keontae Johnson. And then at Sanford, has really turned into a very productive starter as he started in 46 games. And he has played now 99 in his career, but all those starts at Sanford, where he averaged 19 points a game as, a, as in his third year and 15 points a game in his last year at Sanford before coming to K-State. And by the way... Knee injury slowed him down mm-hmm. this last year where he missed nearly two months and he still put in 15 points a game. 19 games total. Yeah, 19 games total. So he missed a little less than half of the year. Right. Uh, if I did my, did my You're looking about, yeah. about a third of the year. About a third of the year. Uh, but, the, you know, the knee injury slowed him down. He had a, a tear of his meniscus in his knee. Uh, so it wasn't season ending, but he is a proven scorer. A guy that in his career, he has only shot 30% from three-point range, but that's an area he has improved on uh, much so throughout his career. I mean, this last year at Sanford, he shot 38% from three. He's 48% last year from the field. He loves to drive. He's a proven scorer. He is going to battle for points, and he was actually supposed to go to BYU. I think it was back in June or July, he commits to BYU – out of the transfer portal, and he never did sign. There, I guess, was some hesitation. Don't know the whole story, but it just didn't work out with BYU. Opened the recruiting back up. And this was exactly the scenario Coach Tang was looking for. They needed more out of the portal. Mm-hmm. They needed a guard. Yep. And they found themselves a backup point guard who was going to contribute, no doubt about it, off the bench. I would project that to be his role right now to back up Tyler Perry. It, I, and I said this last hour, you know, with the addition of Day-Day Ames, who did play earlier today, I don't really have a report on him. But now you have, I mean, some real legit depth, depth at the point guard position. Two really proven scores 
and obviously somebody who has an incredibly bright future in data games. So you're, you're, if you're K-State, you're very well taken care of when it comes to point guard, when it comes to leadership. And by the way, I, you know, there's no replacing Marquise Noel. There's no replacing Keontae Johnson. You do not have a team that is going to be just you know, a couple of All-Americans. Right. But could definitely be, you know, first. you got, uh, no doubt about it, some potential first-team Big 12 type of players in this basketball team. But Quest Glover, he was looking for another Power 5 opportunity, a Power 6 opportunity in college basketball after being at Florida. He felt he was now there in his career, and he is. He didn't play a whole lot. You know, he didn't play really at all against Power 5 opponents. Um, when he was at Sanford, that was very rare if he did. Right. But at Florida, of course, he did. So he has at least that little bit of experience. But he had greatly improved on his game. No, he's not going to be playing anywhere, you know, I would say 30 minutes a game like he did at Sanford. But he is going to be a key guy off the bench. One of the things that stands out to me in in this pickup is that, yes, you are looking at a guy who is going to be coming off the bench, but you're also not going to be in the position or at least don't want to be in the position that K-State was in this year where you felt like you needed to keep Marquise on the court as much as possible. This might lend itself to actually allowing for more opportunities for guys in a rotation beyond having to have someone out there 25 minutes. Yeah, and like last year, you know, on a good night, you're maybe eight deep. I mean, this mm-hmm. team is just, it's all depth. It's all depth. You're talking a bigger number than seven or eight right. at this point. You're looking at 12 guys, and you know, and you also think, like, you know, I don't know what redshirting looks like yet. Right, yeah. But that's completely up in the air. Not sure quite about that yet, but we'll learn as we get closer to the season. But anybody on this roster can play. Anybody, I would, I would think. Are ready to go. The, the freshmen are going to learn what a time to be a freshman on this basketball team because now you get this extra work before your first season. You get this extra camaraderie with your team before your first season. You get this very special experience before your first season. What a time to learn right now mm-hmm. on a team that's going to have more depth than it, than it did last year on a team that made it to the Elite Eight. And I mean, like I've said this before, you know, when you get a new player and you watch the highlights, it's all positive stuff. You don't see a lot of negatives. And, you know, I can't really speak on the negatives because I just don't know him that well as a player. I, right. You know, I've done my research and I've looked through the stats and I've watched a lot of highlights and I've looked through his seasons to figure out that, yeah, this guy can score. He can be a leader. He can put up a, he can be a great passer like he was his his first year at Sanford where he averaged four and a half assists a game. He was one of the best passers in college basketball in 21 and 22. It's just about the adjustment. You know, is he ready to be a key contributor? How fast can that happen? Right. Is it going to be contributing right away? Does he grow back into this kind of role coming off the bench but being a key player off the bench? You know, development will obviously have to take place and will adjust to the role that Coach Tang wants to get out of him. But I think right now when you just look at him on paper and if you watch some highlights – and how well he can play from all three levels, this adds some needed depth to the backcourt. You're, I'm very happy with this, with this win for K-State. And by the way, that's another point we need to bring up about this. 
Because let's think about how how fast this all happened with um, him jumping in the portal, mm-hmm. K-State's planning of getting ready for this overseas trip. You know, K-State locked this recruitment up, not even being here. They were overseas. <laughs> Quest Glover never visited. Right. He did not visit Manhattan. And by the way, Indiana, Illinois, it seems like they were the other two favorites mm-hmm. to potentially win this recruitment. And Coach Dang, Coach Tang and company got it done, not even being here. They were overseas. I don't even know if they've met this guy in person. I, I couldn't tell you that whole story. But I know I, they locked this up and got it done, and they couldn't even bring they, they didn't even bring the kid in for a visit. It was all over either texting or phone calls or, or zooms while dealing with a time change. Well, I, <laughs> I've seen some retweets at like two or three in the morning yeah. from mm-hmm. Coach Tang. I'm like, it, he, he might be like a Bill Snyder. He just doesn't get a whole lot of sleep. I don't even know if he's... Doesn't seem like it, yeah. Like if he were to say, I eat once a day, it would not surprise me. Oh, boy. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk defensive line for K-State and the potential it has for this season. This could be a very deep unit. That's coming up next. We are back on the game. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale, along with Travion Berkland, wearing his New York City MTV hoodie today. 537-1350 is our phone number to call. If you miss any of the show, we upload the show on our podcast every day. Just search for The Game KMAN on 13th. I should say The Game KMAN on 13th. I'm missing the – come on, Troy, help Spotify. me out here. Spotify, uh, brother. Spotify. Spotify is one of them. Really, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you search go. for The Game on 1350 K-Man. There we go. I kept saying The Game on K-Man, and that was wrong. Whatever. <laughs> a little rusty. Uh-huh. Uh, also, voice a little bit of horse. I don't know if you can hear that. I, I was singing too much at the concert. Right? Gee, imagine that. All right, let's get to the defensive line. We heard from um, K-State assistant head coach. Not assistant to the head coach. Let me make that very clear. Assistant head coach. Van Malone also coaches the corners here at K-State. Spoke to the media, and he's always a treat. Always a treat. Great sense of humor. Keeps us on our toes. And by the way, speaks very well. Speaks very well. Uh, and even though he coaches corners, passing game coordinator, assistant head coach, he knows all about this team. And... Speaking earlier today to us media, I think this was the comment that stood out most to me. There are a lot of good things, of course, but this stood out most to me because he was talking defensive line, and it's been a popular topic to talk about in this preseason, the D-line. The defensive line, man, I think that's one of our stronger one of our stronger units in terms of where they can develop to, where they can grow to. Cody Stufflebeam, Khalid Duke, Nate Matlack, Cheedy, those guys from a defensive end standpoint have really been uh, electric in terms of rushing the pass. I've been impressed with them. I've been impressed with Javon Banks uh, as one of those inside guys. Of course, Uso can block out the sun. So, <laughs> How about that quote? Uso can, can block, block out, out the sun. sun. Well, let, let me go to his pr- profile. So Uso is listed at 340, but I believe he has lost some weight. And I know that, you know, a- after the 
I'll, I'll let Tui talk about it here in just a moment, but he, they wanted him to lose some weight. I mean, he got here, and he a, a big guy, 6'3", 340. That is a joint, ginormous yep. individual. Uh, but you know what? That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world when you're talking about a nose guard in a 3-3 defense. Uh, you know, used to play that defense. I'm quite the opposite. I wish I would have been a lot bigger person uh, to play a position like that because it is very abusing. Very abusing to be an O's guard. Any defensive lineman knows, any lineman in general knows that your job is pretty abusing. You got to be the aggressor. You got to be the strongest one, the lower man, every play, every single play to be able to be successful. We saw him a little bit last year. He played in every game. And I, I tell you what, I think Uso, when it, came, when it comes to his you know limited time last year playing behind Eli Huggins, um, Robert hints that, you know, he used the best for the time he got. Two tackles for loss, five tackles totally, broke up a couple mm-hmm. of passes. I mean, you noticed him, even though he might play very little game in and game out. Well, now this is his time to shine. Because I don't think anybody has been talked about more in such a positive way than Uso Samalu, number 99 on your roster Soon to be number one in your heart. <laughs> I bet he's got a great personality as well. The defensive line, though, as a whole, you lose Felix. You lose Eli. You're losing more than just those guys. But I, I tell you what, like enough returns that I'm, I'm very confident in this defensive line. Khalid Duke dropping back down to defensive end is pretty big, though. Yes. In that confidence. Yes. Because he's already a proven guy. I Even though he played very little, he played both, right? He would play a little outside linebacker, mm-hmm. a little bit of – mostly outside linebacker, a little bit of defensive end last year. Uh, I, I missed him at D-end. I missed him at D-end because that's, that's, I think that's where he was meant to be. Meant to be a D-end. And when he did play last year at D-end, which was mostly in the Texas Tech game, uh, he tore it up. Right. Three sacks. In the game, that was the three and three game. Three sacks for Duke, three sacks for uh, King Felix and Udike Uzama. Clint Duke is going to be a great pass rusher this year. I have no doubt about that. Uso in the middle, Brendan Modern, Nate Matt, like I'd imagine it's Brendan Mott. Brendan, I mean, came out of nowhere in 2022 and got seven sacks. He was the best, other than Felix and Udike Uzama, of sacking the quarterback, mm-hmm. playing opposite of Felix. I mean, he, I mean, Talk about somebody that had waited in the wings for three years to get that opportunity and just tore it up in that opportunity. Brandon Mott. And then you have Nate Matlack, who did have a couple of sacks last year, but he was banged up all year. He was he was like Daniel Green, not 100%. Right. You did not get the best out of Nate Matlack a year ago. So he's looking to make a big jump. And then, by the way, Ed knows, Javon Banks. Transfers in from Michigan State. Again, we're, we're going to see it develop with our own eyes September 2nd. We're going to see him play Damian Eli Leo, Leo, who has that wrestling background, who I brought it up with Tui earlier today, is going to really step. And then, by the way, building that depth for the future, Cody Stuffel being, well, he's a junior, but expect maybe more of a role for him this year. Donovan Ryman, who's a redshirt freshman, maybe he will develop more of a role this year. We'll see, but... Chidi Obi-Izor, who's a true freshman, he's out of Minnesota. He's one of the best players in Minnesota for the 2023 class. He got a lot of praise earlier today. I mean, he really stood out to Van Malone about being one of like the best defensive linemen so far during their fall 
practices. Chidi, uh, I mean, out of high school, is one of my favorite recruits for this class. He is a candidate for the next hashtag my boy. He's, I'm not <laughs> confirming it. There's a lot of candidates. There's a lot of candidates. Chidi is one of them. But there is some depth. It's not just at linebacker. It's just not potentially at safety or corner. There's a ton of depth with this defensive line. And it's not going away anytime soon, just like a quarterback for K-State. But let's get to Coach Tui Asisopo. He spoke to the media earlier today. And, of course, you can imagine he got a lot of questions about his new leader, Uso Samalu. How much progress has Uso made? Unbelievable. You know, since the bowl game, you know, he came in a little bit heavy after the bowl game, challenged him to get, get his body right, and he did that. You know, he went from some crazy number out of the bowl game. I think most of it was from actually New Orleans. <laughs> and then uh, to get himself in a place physically that he is now was a, a real tribute to him, really. I mean, the hard work. So I've, he's not been in better shape than he is right now. He's having a good camp. Got rolled up on a little bit here. I, you know, he'll be back sooner than later, I promise you. Was this the kind of player you guys were kind of envisioning whenever you saw him at, at Garden, or has he kind of emerged as, as something that you... Well, it's funny you ask that because, remember now, Uso was not a starter at Garden City. You know, and I'm sure people thought, well, are these people crazy? You know, <laughs> why are we taking a guy that's not even a starter? But uh, I, 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 I watched Uso in high school. Unbelievable uh, high school tape. I, I tried to follow up with him to see if he was uh, eligible, and it was a COVID year. It was, as we all know, it was crazy. It ended up in Garden City. I just knew it was, a, you know, to play and be successful at the deep tackle position at any level, especially in college football, you got to be big and you got to be athletic and strong. And that's what Uso has. Is he also better suited, do you think, to the three years? There's no doubt. <laughs> You know, if you're playing the way you, you should be playing, you should demand attention, uh, just like Eli, just like Tim Hill on the year before. If you're playing the right way and, you, and you're playing uh, with great technique and physicality, it's going to demand people's attention. They're going to need to block you. They're going to need to make sure that you're handled at the line of scrimmage. So, without a doubt, he's been very disruptive. How do you like that competition, competition behind him with Damian and Jamal? You know, those guys, all those guys, well, Javon wasn't here when Eli was here, but those those two, uh, Damon and Uso, obviously, was here with Eli, but it's been really good. You know, those guys have stepped up. And uh, the thing, as I was saying earlier, was it's consistency. You know, we you have to stack days together. You can't have a good day and a bad day. Not in, not in our world, anyways. So that's where we're at right now. Camp, that's what camp is about. Uh you know, is making sure that your game is right and making sure that uh, that you mastered our our defense. Damon Eli Leo had a background in Manhattan High as a state champion wrestler. Yep. When you have a an athlete like that who is a former wrestler, what do they bring to the table that's a little bit different that I've than a non wrestler? Wrestlers. wrestlers know how to mix it up in close quarters. And that's what Damon is. He's a tough guy. He knows how to he knows how to maneuver his body. He knows how to play in tight spaces. And uh, um, he has great short area quickness and, uh, and he's strong. And so there, there's no doubt that his, his uh, wrestling background has helped him. Uh, and, and it's helped him now as he's developing and becoming more and more reliable. 
There you have it. That is Coach uh, Mike Tuiasasopo, defensive tackle coach at K-State. And you mentioned there the body about, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Uso Samalu, who's going to be the starting nose this year, that um, uh, had to get his body right, lose a couple of pounds, and he has done so. And I'm sure, you know, with with a big guy like that, it's, I mean, it's not easy to do or you're going to have to change your diet. Uh, the bigger the guy, the harder it is to take, you know, true uh-huh. to nature, you uh-huh. know, to actually do the right things and be disciplined to eat healthier or do whatever you're asked to do to lose some weight. I love the fact that he referred it to New Orleans, honestly. Honestly, I don't know if uh, New Orleans exactly has the worst when it comes to cuisine and like just clogging your arteries. I don't know. New Orleans, I wouldn't say has the Maybe worst cuisine. Maybe not clogging for that. your arteries, but it's pretty doggone easy to get fat eating it. it. Well, yes. New Orleans cuisine, you don't want to stop eating. Let's put it there. That there way. you go. But it's a lot of like shellfish or rice, unless you're really getting into the po' boys. Po' boys is an easy one to fall fall down with when it comes to a rabbit hole. Uh, that's for sure, because they are dang good. And I hope a lot of you, when you went to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, took some time to get to know that uh, New Orleans cuisine. But I'm actually looking forward to seeing him in person, because I've, I've walked by him, and I've seen him in person. And I'm like, all right, I've seen 340 in person now. I know he's lost some pounds. Am I going to really? Am I gonna see a big change in Uso? Are the arms going to look different? Are we actually going to see a big difference in Uso Samalu? That's one part of the story. The bigger part of the story is that he's making an impact on the practice field that has worked his way into a nose, a starting nose guard position after he was not a starter at the JUCO level. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? It took him a year to get there, too. Yep. One year of playing behind a proven veteran, an Eli Huggins, and now he's about to be a starter. And by the way, it, it, feel, it feels like now he – I mean. He has jumped. I don't know how you project it. But I was like, you know, all right, we have Javon Banks coming in who has played SEC football. I don't remember where, like, when he was recruited, like, where star rating was or anything. But I'm like, you know, some tough, tough competition now for these two guys that have already been here for a little while. Right. You know, Damien's been now at K-State for a couple of years. Um, but, no, Uso has passed Javon Banks. And, by the way, I mean – uh, Coach Standard, I'm in, mentioning earlier, you know, we, we pretty much have our linebackers settled, which is not a surprise. Desmond Purnell is going to be the strong side. Mike is Daniel Green. Will is Austin Moore. And now they're just developing the mm-hmm. uh, the depth. And I'm loving what I'm hearing about Jake Clifton, who's now a sophomore, who I think like Uso, when Jake Clifton got his time to play a linebacker in a limited role or whatever role he was handed – limited or whatever, made the best of it. I mean, I still remember him making two big plays in a row on defense during the Big 12 championship game. And it ended up forcing TCU to punt. He stood out. So did Uso, by the way. Right. He was on that third down play. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, number one song of the day after these words. Us three. Uh, I mean, Thursdays are like that, but a rare Tuesday. And Trey looks awake too. Have you have you caught up on any? Uh, well, you actually you probably caught up on sleep while you're in Chicago, did you? What was your sleep schedule when you were sleeping in your car in Chicago? Oh, ouch. Um, it was basically like 
when I first got there, I got there at like midnight on the Wednesday before Thursday. So I slept till like nine, got oh, up. That's a long time. And then spent all day till like 10 or 11 and then got back. What time uh, would you get in line? Because you got front row twice at Lollapalooza. What time do you have to get right. in line for that? It was like, uh, I got GA plus, which is expedited entry. Oh. So you get to skip some of the line. But you go in at the same time, but it's just a shorter line. So I got there at like 930. The people in the actual general admission, they would have to get there probably like 730 or 8 in the morning to be able to get front. And so the lines open at the same time. So you're in a foot race mm-hmm. to beat everybody. Right. And you and you would win. I tried. I succeeded. Well, where were you when it comes to the stage? Like you weren't probably center stage. I know that's like reserved for like they can move equipment and stuff, but it's so the, I was, the crowd split up front. I was pretty. I was at a pretty good center spot. Yeah, for Tra- both. Trey's being humble. He he was the fastest person at Lollapalooza. There you go. Yeah, I can't say that though because there's people there that were before me, and I don't know that 65 year old guy that's gone to every Lollapalooza. He was there before me, so I don't know. And he was just general admission. He, oh, okay. I see. I was going to say he probably had expedited, expedited. No. Trey, uh, you got some questions for us? I do have some. Um, Let me find a good one. <laughs> what do you do when you can't fall asleep? Like, I am a person, I need some audio going, whether it's a podcast or, you know, a radio show or something to be able to fall asleep to it i get actually this is funny because this happened last night i get nostalgic i just start thinking about the past it's kind of weird like i'm not thinking about all the next day i got this to do i got this to do i just kind of fall down my own like memory rabbit hole of memories Mm. like i it was the topic was brought up during my trip to omaha that my 15th High school reunions coming up, so I was thinking like high school stuff, right? Stuff I did in high school. That was my uh, thought last night while I couldn't fall asleep. White noise. <laughs> you think about white noise? No, I play. Have white noise play. My dad has one of those things. I mean, that's every day. If I can't sleep, or I can sleep. He's got a little disc with sound effects, and it's got white noise or jungle or whatever. I've got a Echo Show that's right there that uh, I use as an alarm clock, right. so that just works. Right. You know. I think hi. my thing is hi. Alexa. Right. <laughs> I think my thing is like I need people talking, so I'm not thinking while I'm trying to go to sleep about whatever i'm thinking about right. it helps me just like relax i guess so you turn on the tv or something yeah it's 11 30 at night and trey is uh mm-hmm. well you go to bed in the morning so you're watching probably uh steve wilco's show or the today show or not quite that i want to <laughs> say by the way speaking of sleeping so i every year this happens ever since i started doing the pa for football i have a recurring dream where I get to the game and everything's like going wrong. <laughs> like I'm sure you've had those dreams where like something big's coming up, but you just like you have the dream of being there, but you're not like right. actually there. You're outside right. the stadium or something. You just can't get in there for some reason. Well, I'm having dreams of like it's K State football. The game's taking place. I have no rosters in front of me. Brett's telling me to read something. I don't have the read. I'm yelling yep. at people. Yep. It's a nightmare. So basically telling me it's going to be all smooth sailing uh, once September 2nd rolls around. There you go. 
All right, we got to go, says Trey. So for Trey, Troy, I'm Mitch. Hey, tomorrow, voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and, of course, Derek Young from K-State Online. We'll talk more about this Quest Glover guy coming to play K-State basketball. Go Cats.